So picture this. Imagine working in a film studio and someone hands you a script to shoot. It's a shaggy tale about a man who goes back home to find out his brother died and learns that his niece was coerced into making porn by some of these same individuals. He takes justice into his own hands and buries all those who are guilty, whether henchman, zookeeper turned porn star, Italian mob boss, and every other person in between. Oh yeah, and he beds a lot of naked women in the process. The script doesn't have a front page, and you have no idea it is an adaptation of a book. The person who hands it to you says, we own this, let's make it a black movie. You proceed to make the film, and you come to find out you've basically remade one of the greatest of the British angry young man films, Get Carter, with the terrific Michael Caine in the lead role. Except you've turned into a black exploitation film starring Bernie Casey and Pam Greer. The one question you have to ask yourself, Will I cop to recognizing the story in the process of making the film, or will I act dumb? George Armitage maintains that he knew nothing about the book Jack's Return Home by Ted Lewis, and had not seen Get Carter at the point of making the film. Yet a friend of his knew Mike Hodges, the director of the British film, and said that Hodges stated that he had pretty much copied his film frame for frame. You ask yourself again, will I cop to recognizing the story? Well, will ya? Punk? I, I apologize for the mixed film illusions, because Dirty Harry has nothing to do with the film except for coming out of the same year as Get Carter, but that's beside the point. What we have with Hitman is an efficient revenge flick with the typical exploitation tropes of overtly sex-crazed black men, overly sexualized black women, and the white people leering from behind the camera. Yet with all the film's potential problems, which we'll get into on this episode, there's something that continues to draw me into the simple revenge fairy tale, just like it did with Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone. Plus, Casey plays the part with an ease and charisma that can cast a spell on even the biggest critic of the film, and all the films like it. So join Joe and I as we wrestle with George Armitage's second feature film, 1972's Hitman, and decide if it ultimately hits the mark. Today, on So Gross. everybody to So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank, the only gross point blank podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Blake Collier, and with me, the delightful Joe George. We're moving on to the next film in George Armitage's filmography. He made a significant leap from sexploitation to blaxploitation with the 1972 Hitman, which is basically Get Carter for Black People. Joe, don't take this personally, but are you one of them prestige motherfuckers? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Probably yes. <laughs> oh man, that had to be the best line in the movie. For me. <laughs> I, as, it has entered into my into my phraseology. Uh, really? Since since I saw it, it's brilliant. <laughs> just the just the audacity of it. <laughs> just yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Audacity is a good word to 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 use with this movie because yeah, exactly. so so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to lose any prestige I may have and admit this right now 
I have not seen Get Carter. Okay. Um, or, uh, uh, yeah, not seen Get Carter. So I I was not familiar with that when I watched this. Mm-hmm. Um, did not go into it with this. So can you answer this question for me? Yeah. Does uh, Get Carter have uh, somebody getting attacked by a lion? No. Okay. Uh, at least not that great. I recall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not only that, but Pam Greer getting attacked. I by... know it. That's uh, big letters in my notes. Pam Greer gets hunted by a lion. Question mark exclamation point. Question mark exclamation point. Question mark exclamation. Because that was just okay. Let me ask this: Is there a very tense handball scene? No. Oh boy, I think we know what the better movie is then. Yes. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. No. <laughs> Get Carter is all about is is all about Michael Caine just being a vicious sob. Like that's okay. Like his his like he he comes into contact with a uh, with a morality that that makes him question whether he's still alive. Like okay, like he's he's hit rock bottom and he uh-huh. goes to investigate his. I, I believe it's his brother. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so some of the details are are a little hazy. But those the ways he ends up killing a lot. Some of the people are just downright brutal. And like okay. heartless, um, and that's kind of that's that's why the movie kind of sustains its, its reputation is that it's just so grimy. Okay. Um, and so Hitman, on the other hand, is is fairly lighthearted. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's got a little bit of a, 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 a spring in its step. Let's just put it that way. Boy, I don't. Okay, so I'm. I agree that it's lighthearted. I do not see much of a spring uh, here with this movie. And you called it efficient on the intro, and and I I don't agree with that either. It's <laughs> my biggest complaint with this movie is I I think I've got like lackadaisical written several times in my notes. Okay, interesting. It takes its time, you know. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. it, it lingers on shots. There it goes too long. Like driving, we we it, it's it feels almost like a movie that would show up a mystery science theater or with. With all of the, you know, you don't need to show us every stop on your drive. Just <laughs> the boy, the drunk when when they're drunk, the drunk ass. Yes. <laughs> it's it's just gonna keep going, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. So yeah. it takes its time, in my opinion. Yeah. So so I I do agree with that. I still feel like so what it does is it replaces some of kind of the the scenery and the the exposition that's in get Carter with mm-hmm. these almost comical, <clears throat> um, lingering shots. Like, yeah, I, I understand why people hate the drunken scene, but <laughs> I enjoyed myself watching that Did so you? much. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just like, this is absurd. Like, <laughs> It's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing, nothing. You can ask my wife. There's nothing I love more than absurdity. So, <laughs> It's it's interesting because the two films run around the same time. Like, okay. So what? Because Get Carter starts with kind of an exposition uh, about Michael Caine's character kind of being at odds with the mob bosses back home, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he comes to this place and he's definitely at odds there. And mm-hmm. so it's like he's in this ambiguous space when yeah. he shows up, and then he only embroils himself deeper into this. So yeah. at the end, you almost feel like he has no home and he has no hope. Yeah. Uh, and so, and, and I think you and I both read the piece that kind of compared the two films together mm-hmm. is that it, it does feel like George Armitage had to have known something about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, and, and he's not the only person to, 
to do that like to, oh, no. to, to not cop to something like that yeah but they, there are certain elements like yes i think there are certain choices in hitman that work better than get carter like mm-hmm. in the plot line like killing mm-hmm. the niece mm-hmm. um that doesn't happen in the original okay she survives in the original okay um and then um i'm trying to think some of the others but there are certain key key plot elements that that oh they reverse the endings so like the the plots that they had uh-huh. uh in the original Get Carter they're pretty much flipped so okay. like when the mob boss uh gets the gets Paul Gleason to uh-huh. uh, to take out uh, Bernie Casey you find that 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 was actually what Get Carter does like he he frame he tries to frame okay. uh, the mob boss in the original one so it's it's like almost a reversal completely. But it works. Okay. It works, and and yeah, and I think this is the other thing I like about Armitage is that he has this element to him where he's he's largely good humored mm-hmm. throughout throughout his films, mm-hmm. but he's he punctuates them with severe violence. Yes, he does. Yeah, and and I find that fascinating. Like that's something yeah. about him that I've always kind of admired is how he yeah. he's keeping us on the lighter side of things. But he doesn't want us to forget that, like these are these are real people. Like these yeah. are not just characters. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. What what was your general take? Not having seen Get Carter with Hitman, as far as like the storyline and whether or not it kind of works as a film. Good storyline. Good, um, interesting plot. You know, Casey and Greer are fantastic. Mm-hmm. For me, it was way too loose um i've written down that there's a good 70 minute movie in these 90 Mm -hmm. minutes you know and i don't know if you came across this but um armitage and this might be him stepping away from the other movie but uh he he claims that a lot of it was improvised um Mm. and i really get that sense that there's a there's a sort of a hands-off approach where you kind of feel him back there going you know keep it's great keep doing what you're doing keep doing what you're doing and um the the editing just isn't there to tighten stuff up. And so my my kind of my background take that's going to be throughout this conversation is I wonder if there's a certain amount of discomfort that Armitage has to working in making a black exploitation movie where he sort of senses his tourism yeah. um, in a sense that, um, you know, I'm here to just guide this thing, but you guys bring the verisimilitude. Yeah. Um, and, and, and as a result, it sort of has a hands-off feeling mm-hmm. that I think may, it, it accounts for the movie's weakest parts. Yeah. I don't know. Did, did, since, so you knew the movie kind of – the other movie going into it. Yeah. Did, do you feel that too or is that just me? No. I So I, I so when I say a spring in the step is that he's basically taking what was a grimy crime story and giving giving it a little bit more of a lighter edge because it's black exploitation. Like this is right. not a film meant – to be um, taken too seriously, right? And and you don't want to you don't want to copy Mike Hodges frame for frame, which he doesn't. Right. But there's there's significant enough similarities that you kind of wonder. It's it, it's one of those things where because of my penchant for enjoying improv, yeah, I, I at least respect the parts where he it does feel like he just let them be. Um, okay, and and that I think in my opinion. And it doesn't work wholly yeah. in this film, but I think that does lend itself to building some of the character um, of 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 the people. Um, okay, I 
while while you and I both say that that it does feel like he kind of steps away a little bit, there's part of me that wonders some of the jive talk feels a little too on the nose. I don't know if that's him, his scripting, or if Bernie Casey and Pam Greer had already been in enough black exploitation at that point that that's just what comes out naturally. Right. I there there's no answer for that. I I, I couldn't give a educated guess on that if I wanted to. So right. <laughs> <laughs> So so while I, I I would bet that if we read the script for this movie by Armitage's hand, that we're probably going to find some attempts at, at kind right. of getting dialect and things like that. And it probably wouldn't sound good yeah. <laughs> coming from the hand of a white man. Yeah. Uh, and so he was he was probably he was probably willing to let them improv those knowing that he just doesn't understand the culture the way they do. Sure. So yeah. um, but as we all know with black exploitation, like while there are there's it's positive and it's it's increase of representation of black people, it buys into a lot of the tropes of black yeah. of black culture. And so part of that is maybe the system, you know. Right. The the producers coming on and, 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 and reminding them this is this is a black exploitation film. This is they didn't use that at the time, but this is a film meant for a certain audience that we're going to make money on period <laughs> like you know, so um right and 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 so i wonder on top of that then if <laughs> if when greer and casey are improvising they're not or, or, or adding the jive talk rather yeah they're not looking for verisimilitude or or or, or mm-hmm. authenticity rather but rather they're this is what the white guy expects us to talk like yeah even though he's telling us not to, so we've got to kind of overdo it it's yeah. a performance on top of a performance. Yeah, exactly. and so I wonder if that's part of it too. Yeah, no, I think so. Part of it is like, were they aware of, of that element? I'm not sure. It's hard sure. to tell. Like they, sure. they may not have recognized their own, not complicity, but they're being trapped and coerced within the system that's already been built. Um, right. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's hard to tell, but I, there was enough. Like, so Bernie Casey is where this movie lives and dies in my Correct. opinion i i yeah. think his performance is is great like mm-hmm. it has all the characteristics of what you want in a black exploitation hero yes the misogyny and the the overt sexualizing of of women in the film is gross um, mm-hmm. by i would even say by many standards even then mm-hmm. definitely now but his his character, the the way he exudes himself, and the fact that he's a foot taller than just about everyone in that in that movie, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't have like the beauty of Get Carter is that everyone underestimates him because it's Michael Caine. He does yeah. not look like someone he can who can destroy your very existence. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so they always underestimate him, and he always ends up killing them. Yeah. That's not the case with Bernie Casey. He's huge. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. He walks into a place and you're automatically going to be on defensive. I can guarantee yeah. it. <laughs> so, and he's got presence. Yes. Just the does. way he carries himself and looks around and yeah. 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 So that's a great take. I really like if, if you can lock in with his character and his performance, I think you can enjoy the film for what it is. Um, Absolutely. And added onto that, if you know the original get Carter or even the Sylvester Stallone get Carter, because it's the same story. Like they really don't change much. Yeah. Then you'll understand the plot line and you won't have to pay attention to the ins and outs of the story as much. Yeah. Because 
like I said, Bernie Casey is, is, is the is the, is the salvation of this movie. Um, if it wasn't for him and just my penchant for absurdity, <laughs> uh, I'd probably have a pretty negative opinion uh, of those that looseness that, that you speak of. It's, yeah. I think my my initial monologue having the efficiency is because I know the story mm-hmm. and, and they hit every point. Yeah. And, okay. And, and in my memory, I, for, I I I lose some of the looseness that you okay. picked up on. Uh, yeah. It doesn't stick with me as much, and so mm-hmm. I just I just recall the the hitting the points, and so yeah, uh, I can definitely see your point that it's not near as efficient as as what it seems to me or it seemed to me when I wrote that. What were your favorite parts? Oh gosh. So the 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 entire denouement is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But and I'll get into that in a second. But before that, the the scene in which uh, Casey gets angry at the porno theater when yeah. he realizes what's going on, that is, I mean, that's just fantastic acting. Yeah. I mean, and that's always the the pleasure of watching a black exploitation flick is to watch these these top shelf actors just, you know, knock it out of a park and what was otherwise just this tiny, you know. A uh, tiny little cheapy movie, yeah. and you can see what amazing actors they are, and yeah. the 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 levels of humanity and powerlessness and righteous anger that he brings to that scene is just it's outstanding. Yeah. It it stops the entire movie in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that's by far the the standout. Mm-hmm. And then from on a totally different level, it just becomes fun after that. I mean, yeah. there's some really great shots at the end. There's yeah. a there's a shot of them in silhouette that's just striking and adds to the tension and to the drama of the scene in the way that we haven't gotten before. Uh, the lion yeah. <laughs> is great. Uh, the s- squibs, just love squibs. And there's yep. so many squibs lotions at the end. Yep. So really the last third of the film I think is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, getting up to it a little slow, but the first third, or last third, really great. Yeah. What are your standouts? Oh man. So, so of course the, uh, the, Making the commercial. <laughs> so I think I think Sam Laws, who plays Sherwood Epps, his his kind of role as like he he's been in so many of these black exploitation films leading up to this film. Really, a lot of these actors have been like this has made their career, and it's kind of part of black exploitation to get mm-hmm. the same cast of characters in all these yep. various films playing different roles, of course. Mm-hmm. But Sam Laws, just his looniness. I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate kind of him going back and forth. He's even laughing at, at jokes when he's been beat up and <laughs> and he just he exudes a, a joyful presence. And, and I would just really appreciate how he played that role because um, yeah. that's a role that in a quote unquote mainstream prestige film would have been uh, kind of a sad sack character. Yeah. Uh, someone who who is tragic uh, in, in a way. And this guy's like, that's just life. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, you get beat up. You get, yeah, you see some dignity yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's like he's he's a man who has his own desires, his own goals. Yeah. Um, yes, he's part of this whole story, but it's while he's helping out uh, Tackett, that's he, he's not in the story in that way. Mm-hmm. And so he's selling cars. He's he's he has his own own goals in mind. Like he has his own motivations, and so. Yeah. In that way, I think there's a dignity there that that isn't always present in uh, yeah. uh, black exploitation films, especially when a lot of the characters end up being kind of foils or helpers to the main character. Yeah, 
I, I think overall you're you're more up on this movie than I am. Yes. Um, what, yeah. what 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 didn't work on it for you? It, it didn't anything not work. So I I would agree. The the lead up, the first third of the film is is rather slow. Mm-hmm. Part of me is is thinking that that is just the nature of the story, because okay. there's a there's a lot of even in the, the original Get Carter, he's having to explore this this I think it's Brighton, mm-hmm. this northern city kind of trashy industrial city. And he's having to explore it to get a sense of where he's at and 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 who put the players are and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it works because the point of Get Carter is to build this this suffocating tension throughout the film. Sure. That's released at the end in a in a you know menage of <laughs> of violence. Um yeah. but in Hitman, the silliness almost makes it difficult to enjoy the seedy grimy underbelly of la which which armitage has a good eye for that that element like the scenery and the places that that he he frames the scenes are pretty great yeah i think i think he's got an eye for that kind of stuff and and kind of um atmospheres that would work but the silliness at times counteracts that and it almost feels yeah. like two tones in the same film. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's only, only really in the first third that I felt like that. I, I think in the second, the second or the middle part of the film, you're starting to see those finally combine. And then, like you said, the third part is kind of just the culmination. Like it's, it's yeah. what the film, the two streams are finally meeting. Um, yeah. Uh, in the third part. And so, there's still humor, but it's 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 still it's heavy and it's dark and and the vengeance has finally come to you know yeah play into the into the story so in a real satisfying way yeah, at least for exactly me. yeah yeah for sure so there's a couple scenes that I need to ask you about okay. that, that that so the first one the the handball scene how did you read that is that too silly for you is that a tense scene for you I mean that that sequence goes on for a while yeah. and. And I'm curious, what would you make of that? Um, I would say it's largely forgettable. Um, okay, but I I think I I think I understand why it's in there because on some level I think that is Tackett's character. Like, yeah, he's going to show dominance. Yeah, even whatever that takes. And then in that space, like this guy has a handball court in the middle <laughs> of his mansion. Yeah, I mean, apparently this guy is a handball fan. So <laughs> how am I going to show dominance? I'm gonna I'm gonna kick his ass at you know, handball. So, yeah. Um, I, I think the fact that he's, he's willing to just, you know, go into whatever space and, and, and attempt to be dominant is, is a good way to show character. Yeah. Does it stick to the memory? Nah, not, not really. Um, okay. But I think it plays into the kind of ultimate character element. I definitely agree with that. And I am the whitest of white dudes. And I don't know about you. I've never played handball. I don't know anybody that's, but it feels like it's set up in the movie as this is a very much white space, yeah. you know, that, uh-huh. that, that he's, that he's entered and this is a white pastime that, uh, he's about to play. And so that worked for me on the level of, like you say, showing dominance mm-hmm. and, and, and also just kind of showing his coolness and control in a space that is set up to disarm him. Yeah. You know, there's there's an emphasis on the body and the physical uh, aspects that might be a little uncomfortable, uh, perhaps yeah. mm-hmm. if 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 we want to look down it that way. 
Um, but I got to admit, for the most part, it, it worked for me as kind of a mix between the silly and the serious yeah. that, that that those other happens in the other screens. That it's it's goofy that yes. in the middle of this exploitation flick, one of the major conflicts with one of the big bad guys is is them playing handball. But darn it, if it didn't play off, uh, you know, work for me totally. That it still mm-hmm. advanced the story, it shaded the character, it did the conflict different way. So. It's silly, but it worked for me. I, I I like that bit. Yeah, I um. So I I don't know much about handball, but my dad used to play racquetball, which is okay. similar. And I mean, yeah. it's the same basic court setup. And so I wonder if handball is basically just taking the racket out of it, and you're doing basically the same thing. I couldn't tell okay. you the actual rules of racquetball. I never played myself, but I just know that my dad was was a fan of it uh, in his younger yeah. days. And so the only people okay. I knew who played it were white. So I think your, your your estimation that it's a white space would uh would would be would be accurate. Okay. So I think in that way, and I hadn't really thought about that, but but it would make sense, that especially since even though Tackett doesn't know it at the time, he's basically staring down the person who put his niece in the porno. It makes sense that this is a good way to to bring intimidation into the into the equation right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, and show that he's not someone to be messed with, that he basically is physically and mentally and he has an upper hand in general. Yeah. So literally in this case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You you try not to do too much underhanding on a racquetball. So. <laughs> OK. <Yeah. laughs> so the other scene that that stands out to me that I want to talk about is is the dogfighting scene that, that yeah. I think just precedes this. So. I, I, I own several pets now because of marriage, but I did not growing up. So I don't know much about animals. Um, I don't know if you know, is, is that faked? Is that real? I mean, they're, they're tails are wagon and I would say, oh, that's totally fake because the blood looks fake, but Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a real cockfighting scene in vigilante force. So, um, it's not outside of the realm of possibility, and I got to admit, it kind of disturbed me. Uh, yeah. How'd that work for you? I I, I will admit, like, so I I grew up with pets. Most of them were cats. Um, okay, but I you know my my parents had uh, outside dogs. Like we were an outside pet kind of family. Okay, uh, my sister was finally able to woo my parents into getting an <laughs> inside cat um, later on. But yeah. My my love for pets is ultimately the same as like a a roommate. <laughs> okay, but they're there, and I and I appreciate them being there, and I'll pet okay. them occasionally. But it's not, I'm not gonna lose it if I have to give it away or, or okay, you know, put it down or whatever. But I will say that that the same thought came to mind as I was watching that is because I don't I don't know enough about the history of of the regulations around animals and film. Yeah. To know if this was a time when it was a little, you know, iffy as to whether yeah. or not this was actually being done or not. I do think the blood looks fake. So part of yeah. me thinks part of me thinks that it was staged. But but I don't know. Like, I know that John Wick three just came out. Uh, have, you <laughs> yeah. seen, have you seen it yet? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, yes so yes. so apparently there was a uh, interview with the director and they basically like if you watch the parts where the dogs are attacking, uh, they're actually attacking. Like yes, they taught yeah. them to do that, and and it's one of those things where they because teaching a, a dog in a film to attack uh, stuntmen basically makes them not able to be in any other films. 
Yeah. They're like spoiled goods. And so they had to get signed, you know, forms from stuntmen to take the dogs in after they filmed the movie. And so this idea that like, that probably was not the case during the seventies, if I had to guess. Yeah. And so they were going at it. Like there, it's very clear that they were at least dogs were, were enacting the fight scenes in a way that totally believable. And yeah, now I've seen dogs play around, uh, and and it gets pretty 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 crazy sure sometimes yes, when dogs dogs are fighting. But there's an element in the dog fight on this movie that I started to wonder, like maybe this is a lot more real than than yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah 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 I I definitely had a uh, had a, a flashback to Michael Vick <laughs> on this <laughs> film. So <laughs> I'm like, is this basically what he saw? <laughs> so. I. Uh just watched a uh, cannibal Holocaust for the first time oh, or a piece wow. I was working on a couple days ago. Nice. Yeah. And that's 19. 19- no, it's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very unpleasant movie, especially yeah. for all. And that's 1980. So, um, that they're killing animals on screen. And they were uh, actually killing them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Like it's not wow, even, okay. it's like yeah. confirmed yep. and, killing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. It's, it's not, I've, and it's not I, even I like the, it, so. um, the, uh, <laughs> apocalypse now thing you know where the the bull that gets killed at the end is yeah. part of a ritual yeah. that coppola happened to be filming or stage to be filming um so yeah so i i i you know i agree the blood looks fake but gosh that still felt too it's 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 kind of like the rape scene in private duty nurses yeah. that mm-hmm. just ripped me out of it in a way that that uh, especially going through this part of Armitage's career there's there's been a couple of those I said there's one in vigilante force where there's a cockfight um mm-hmm. that's I, i'm glad that part of his, his style goes away <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah just, well and, and it's funny because the original get carter basically the same scenario happens in a kind of uh, horse race kind of a ritzy okay horse track um so it's 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 pretty significantly different but I mean, if you're just looking at it from a strictly um, setting viewpoint, it, it works in every single way. It's that kind of grimy underbelly feel. Certainly. Um, but yeah, no, it's still, it's it's one of those things where uh, what kind of ethics were involved in, in shooting the scene? And <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it's, it, it works. But so the difference between it and the rape scene in Private Duty Nurses is that on some level, it still holds value and within the scope of the film. But it's still a little disconcerting. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like private duty nurses where it just does not fit even at all. <laughs> so. That's a good, yeah. That's a really good point. Really good point. <laughs> so, because that stuff actually exists, like you know, it's, it's oh, absolutely, it's, yeah. And so, but should that does that mean that we film them doing it just so we can you know get realism? That's yeah, that's the big question of film in general. So yeah. Yeah. So I'm 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 gonna hope that they that that was all faked and that the blood was fake and the dogs yeah. were actually just playing and go you know, with that way and, and, <laughs> with and that. having a good time with each other. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. Uh, so do you do you have any moments or scenes that you wanted to talk about? Oh, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to go without mentioning at least the uh, the phone sex scene. <laughs> yes <laughs> simply because because that appears in the original get carter as well does it uh, yes so but the interesting thing about it is the fact that he's got the 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 landlady sitting on the couch next to him yeah. while he's on the phone <laughs> yeah. with his girlfriend back home 
having phone sex and you're just like that's awkward like <laughs> not and nowhere else would this be not awkward except for in a black exploitation film and she's just looking on thinking like this is normal blah, blah. And you're just like really <laughs> like yeah. yeah he's he's having phone sex while you're sitting there talking to him yeah. yeah yeah that would be a real good uh i'm gonna excuse myself to use the bathroom moment exactly. i mean i was feeling awkward just sitting there watching it so <laughs> Uh, and then where was the uh, where was the white dude in the swimming pool the whole time? Was he just underwater the whole time? Because he just pops up yeah, randomly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a sneaky white dude power that we all possess. That's is to very true. Jump very out true. of pool. It's I have the most inopportune times. <laughs> exactly, it's what we do. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think that's uh, that's easily the most awkward part of the of the film for me. The one that I was just like. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I recognize that this is this is this was in the original, uh, so yeah. yeah. On some level, it's it's fine that you put it in there because you know it's part of the story. Yeah. But it's the addition of the uh, of the other woman that I'm just like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. I just kind of took that as all just showing off his machismo. Yep. You know, that's oh, yeah, that's just sure. part of the movie. Is for sure. Yes, he gets he well, he, he is so much power over the women that he can flirt with one while another one is standing by or yep. have phone sex with one and what's she going to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and once again, uh, I, I think you can say for the large part, the, the women in the story serve a pretty similar purpose as private duty nurses yep. and the fact that yep. they're only there to serve the, the storyline and or the men in the story. Yep. Um, they don't really have... I, I You could almost say Pam Greer to some extent does mainly because she kind of just views Tackett as a as as a target to to like forward yeah. her own career. Yeah, and so on that on that level, I th- but that fits Pam Greer's kind of uh, exactly. Persona. And so that's what she plays in, in all the black exploitation films that she got famous for. And so yep, uh, that fits. But I think the yep. rest of the women in, in the movie are pretty pretty much uh, sidelined for yep. for the main story and for the men. Uh, yep, which is funny that the most outrageous death goes to pam Greer. Uh, <laughs> yes it does being mauled by a lion which i don't know how they did that shot it's that right after all that my <laughs> last line is how did they shoot that yeah exactly without losing it's a like, stunt is that, person is that her is she, <laughs> yes. she is awesome <laughs> if it was her man kudos she is officially yeah. my favorite actress of all time well <laughs> taking a i mean that just, lion that just... to the face <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to how awesome she is that both of us are like, it's totally possible that Pam Greer let herself oh, yeah. get to death by, by yeah, a lion exactly. <laughs> for the park. So, yeah. Oh, man, that's beautiful. No, I, I really enjoyed that part. And the and the weird, like, like you at first, you just think he's dropping her in random spot. And yeah. you realize, oh, no, he's dropping her in the animal sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so he is complicit in the death. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And here comes a lion. Yeah, yeah. And, so, yeah. So, his final thoughts, summation. What do you, what uh, do you come down on? I'm gonna say that and, that really, like, there hasn't been a bad Get Carter movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think this is easily the second best. Um, still, Sylvester Stallone's is 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 fine. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's it's your typical '90s. Uh, attempt at revitalizing you know, a, a long dead genre, but I think Hitman specifically takes what, the elements of black exploitation I love and makes it a turns into a fascinating story. Yes, it's it's been done before, um, mm-hmm. but I think the character and the personality given because of the the level of acting talent 
that's showcased here um, allows for the movie to kind of stand out uh, above a lot of the black exploitation fare. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I'd like to see it. It's it's too lackadaisical for me. I'd like to see yeah. about twenty minutes get cut out. Just mm-hmm. tighten it up, and I think it's I, I think it would be an amazing movie. Then, um, it's a collection of really good, interesting scenes. Yeah. Uh, more than a movie for me. So, not definitely better than Private Duty Nurses. Yes. We're on an upward trajectory. Yes, uh, which as is far great. as I'm concerned. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one that will con- continue, in my opinion. But uh, but we're we're not there yet. Yeah. No, I, I can totally agree with that as well. That's all for So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank this week. Next week, we will continue our minute-by-minute exploration of Gross Point Blank with minute number three. Remember, this podcast is us breathing. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and review. Every bit of feedback gives us the ability to expand our audience. Our podcast theme was created by Jans. You can find his music and other projects at jansofficial.com. Our podcast intro music was Crave Ending by Soft and Furious. Our podcast outro music was created by Jeff Hansen. Our podcast artwork was created by Jeff Wyrick. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash so gross pod. Remember, that's gross with an E. And on Twitter and Instagram at so gross pod as well. And you can find Blake on Twitter at Lost in Osmosis and Joe at J.A. George I.I. <laughs> bing, 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 bang. Popcorn. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>